0: Circuit Cast with your host Mark Emery. Kia ora, you're listening to Circuit Cast, news and views on uh, the moving image and art from Aotearoa and beyond. Uh, you're with Mark Emery here, and uh, today I'm in Auckland and Pakaranga at Tatuhi Gallery, uh, speaking with Andrew Kennedy. Uh, the subject of our conversation today is an exhibition uh, that Andrew's put together called The Non-Living Agent. Kia ora, Andrew.
1: Uh, kia ora, Mark. How are you? Yeah, good. Good.
0: Now, as I understand it, this exhibition deals with the relationship, I guess, between image and its effect on the body, its effect on its relationship between us. It seems it's, it's exploring different ways that image has an effect on, on us as, as entities.
1: Yeah, that's that, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, the the title of the show, uh, the non living agent, has come from uh, an essay by film theorist Andre Bazin, 1960 essay, and um, it's, it was mentioned in the last, well, sort of the end part of the uh, the essay, um, just kind of offhandly, where uh, he's kind of describing the space between us and the images we create. So he's he was talking more about the, um, the physical, the mechanical aspect. But um, I thought it was quite an idiosyncratic kind of way of describing it because the non-living agent kind of suggests something that may have been living or, you know, maybe yeah, What is a
0: non-living agent? Does he define well, that? No, well,
1: it, I mean, the thing is that I think what he describes it as, you know, that, that mechanical space. So right. it, it's a non-living entity so is the camera
0: a non-living agent yeah yeah. well that's
1: what that's what he was kind of getting at but i wanted to kind of expand that idea a little bit um uh i think um and just in terms of well what does uh i guess the process of making an image or how, how we represent ourselves um uh i guess do we fully understand um, the change between the sort of creation of the image and then what is represented back to us. Right. So, um, in terms of this show, it's not necessarily about the mechanical, but it's about this sort of um, in between space between us and the image and um, something that might control the way in which we are represented.
0: Mm, clearly, in a time when we're just so surrounded by images and so sort of we don't maybe we don't question the kind of the space between.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that. Um, And that's, again, one of the uh, the starters for the show as well, this sort of idea of being so comfortable with images. Um, You know, maybe not necessarily understanding the effects of memory and the effects of the body that we have. Uh, That that, that we're sort of subjected to each day. One of the uh, uh, thoughts that I had, and maybe like an example, in terms of the physical effects um, on the body the image might have is... Um, thinking about buildings or architecture, you know, they create social spatial spaces and, yeah. and memories. You know, you move around these walls, but you don't necessarily experience them as uh, well. You don't, you don't maybe think about them as affecting you. You know, because you are part of mm. the space. So. I've kind of thought about images as, as these planes, these architectural planes or walls or something that, that, that affects the body like a, a building might. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. uh, sort of creating memories um, and also, yeah, and and... and, and affecting the way that we relate to each other as well.
0: So this this feels like it very much fits into your your, your own arts practice that you've been following. Could you maybe yeah. talk a little bit to, to that kind of yeah. relationship?
1: Yeah, so my, my practice has been looking about uh, well, I'm photography-based, um, but I look at, you know, I guess the similar things within images you know how again how they affect the body or how we experience images in a space um so i yeah i definitely um i use images but also uh, the physical presence of the image to kind of engage with that this uh you probably see there's no photography in this show Mm -hmm. i'm sort of looking at maybe more of an expanded uh, sense of the image here or trying to um uh, gather together works that kind of Engage with that. My my practice is very sort of still image photographic based, but um, I, I look to sort of mm. um, further afield to kind of understand. So,
0: so we're, we you, people can hear a lot of noise in the background. And yeah. it's actually coming from three different um, moving image based works. Yeah, maybe talk a little bit to why you've selected the works you've got because they're they're quite distinctly different projects.
1: Well, I um, think um, okay. So the works I've chosen. Um, for the show, um, sort of, I mean, maybe it's not, they're not explicitly talking about, it, but they, they go into a, an area of um, examining some sort of effect on the body that the image might have, or, um, you know, the effect on memory um, and how we experience images maybe talking about James Richards' works at uh, work, uh, Rosebud. And yeah, this is
0: work that people might know was nominated for the Turner Prize a few years ago. It's a beautiful. I'm so excited to see it yeah, today. Yeah, it's yeah. really exquisite work.
1: It, it is an yeah. exquisite work and it's something that, so you, yeah, um, you walk into and you you, you kind of, I mean, immediately are sort of absorbed into it um, uh, through the sound and the, the sort of the very uh, rich imagery, black and white imagery. So he's... Um, uh, he's based the work around these uh, books he found in the Tokyo library, um, explicit that has explicit images. These are books by Wolfgang Tillmans and uh, Rob McPhilthorpe and Man Ray. Um, so there's law. The law in, uh, in Japan states that you can't have any. Um, images that may sort of elicit arousal in the viewer. <laughs> Which, if you're talking about Robert Mapplethorpe, is kind of a that yeah. matter what he's trying to do it, it, with the erotic. Well, yeah. exactly, exactly. So, yep. yeah. Um, uh, so the way that they remedy this is to sandpaper the the, <laughs> the offending parts of the images out. Um, so immediately there's like a... I mean, there's a direct sort of um, contact to the surface of the image and a sort of a violent stunt of the body in that, in, in that act. But then what he's... He's, um, he's using that as a um, sort of like a departure point um, that then starts to explore what he calls um, well uh, an exploration of trembling surfaces he uses the body to sort of represent this this sort of closeness um. mm. uh, he doesn't he usually uses found imagery um, more this the rosebud is actually um, the majority of it is his own um video work but he's worked a lot in archives and uh sort of digital recording for archives so he's spent a lot of time with found footage before but this is more generated work yeah but it's it's really
0: interesting because it it so seems to be about the erotic sensual nature of image itself Mm. and almost a sense of rubbing up against it and fingering it yeah 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 yeah. it's incredibly sensual and Mm. um Mm i guess visceral i just um was really struck by how strongly that's hanging it around these sandpapered images and and introducing this this other material that sort of hangs together as an experience around meditating on just this kind of bodily relationship we have with image yeah
1: yeah that's right yeah and um and i think that you actually yeah you actually feel that like when you're in there um with the with the sound i mean the sound is incredibly beautiful as well and that's all composed to the images. He composes the sound. You feel that, you know, like the, that that sort of that really yeah, that closeness, um, and the surface of the skin and the surface of the film. Mm. It's just really um tactile and visceral, yeah.
0: Now that's got a quite direct relationship to Dorota Broda's um work, which isn't moving image based, but mm. you've got here in the space which is a workshop based of so installation.
1: You, yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. So what we what we can see, well, we part of it from the table we're sitting at, um, we can see um, ink drawings on the wall. Um, they're on a static uh, charged paper, so they're just sort of placed on the wall, um, and they lose their charge after a while, so they start to peel off. Um, and then we also see uh, tables and chairs from um, Tatuhi's uh, sort of community centre, community side. Um, so she, she's interested in borrowing those sorts of found objects from the spaces around. But um yeah Dorota's work Cathedral um is uh, it's a tactile drawing based project, tactile drawing being um touching something and drawing um at the same time, sort of tracing the outline. Um she's been looking uh she did a um a project recently or well, the beginning of the year at Window called Triumph of the Old Master which started to look into these um, Uh, I guess the way in which we um, live in maybe the image of others or you know how we learn from others and how we feel a sense of belonging by mimicking others you know dressing the same and sort of talking you know about similar things okay yes um, yes. so um, uh, the Triumph of the Old Master was uh, um, another workshop based project which uh People work together to draw a parrot, <laughs> and then these parrots drawings were um, uh, placed on the wall. Um, this this project here, cathedral, is uh, it's more intimate. Um, she's, she she asks pairs of people um, to work together. One one of the um, the pair is blindfolded and then asked to paint a portrait of their partner. The person drawing the portrait is. Um, yeah, painting by touching the face and of their partner and drawing at the same time on a piece of paper. So the idea is to basically mimic and just trace the face of their partner. And um, and in doing that, you kind of um, yeah. I guess the idea is that you're you're learning from a, you know a very intimate, close sort of proximity about this person's face and how we read people's mm. faces um, and And just take you know um you take a step back and kind of understand our relationship maybe a little bit better with um with this person next Mm. to you um and then yeah and and then so it is a workshop based project um the workshops are all sort of finished up now and now the space is changing she's removing um uh, portraits off the wall and um slowly packing up and uh, changing the space as the as the exhibition progresses. How do you find that? It's a really
0: interesting work in terms of the relationship to the community side of Tutuhi. So Tutuhi is, is a contemporary art space, but it's also a space for community art workshops mm-hmm. and dance workshops and you know um, various different community facilities. And it's an interesting one here because it does definitely talk to that, r- relate across there. It's an interesting bridge that
1: divides the two, yeah. two wings of Tatuhi. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and we did, um, prior to the opening, we had a few workshops that were organised, and um, we brought in uh, students from the, the art classes um, that are here on Thursdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays, um, or and Tuesdays, I think. Uh, but we had, um, I think, three workshops over the um, three days. Um, with these classes, and they came in and participated in the workshop. How did
0: they find it? Because there was just such a sort of, sort of an arch into the fine area of contemporary art. That fineness is, is a very different feel to the it is. To the kind of love and generosity and
1: the kind of give it a go nature of community art. Well, that, that's right. I mean, it, um, I mean by all accounts, they, everyone really, really enjoyed it. I mean, it was quite a. It sort of broke down this individual sort of practice, you know, that they've been going through. I think most of these students were painters themselves or, doing, you know, um, part of the painting classes. And um, it kind of, yeah, the, the, uh, it really sort of changed or, you know, created, like, a very interesting dynamic in the way that they produce the work. Um, and because it's very abstract in the end, it's through feel, you know, <laughs> it's... it's uh, you. Yeah. you don't need to worry how, how it looks anyway. no no
0: it doesn't seem to be about that, that, no. that visual outcome suddenly it's an interesting
1: change we can hear a bell this part of that this work isn't it Andrew yeah, it is it is yep yeah. Um, yeah no there's a few different sounds I think there's footsteps as well that come and um, uh, some whistling but um, yeah what we see when we come into this space is um, a, a moving image work um, animated screen and um, 3D printed vases and um, some vanity units or wall units, um, sort of kind of what you might find in uh, your grandparent's home and some images printed on steel. yeah this is, so Sorrow he uses sort of digs, Disney and Pixar tropes to kind of um, explore how he might represent the soul or how you know the soul might be represented. so he's um, produced this kind of very strange or you know feels very kind of sort of like you've stepped into the. Screen itself by producing like an animation work, and then the the three D printed vases that are yeah. the characters within the, the moving image work, and you're kind of part of this living room. The title the title is uh, Bronies, and Bronies is a, a moniker for uh, adults who are fans of My Little Pony. So you kind of have this. Uh, yeah, I think this is sort of strange fetish, <laughs> fetishistic kind of like you know sort of underlying. Feeling, but then also, yeah, um, we're looking at sort of Disney characters and maybe how an object can take on a soul. Mm. There's yeah. a very powerful sense of that kind of way that when
0: you're a young person, and there's a young female character in the, um, in, the in the moving image work, an animation thing about how your sort of, I guess, your individuality is shaped and animated mm. by what's around you and in and, 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 and the video she's there with her iphone and looking at her mirrored image and kind of almost selecting which of the images whether it's my little pony or something else yeah. she might pick up to somehow be her talisman through life yeah you know? <laughs> yeah
1: that's right <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, it's a, it's a fantastic and quite significant commission, I think, so congratulations to you uh, to on this. One. Yeah, well, thanks. No,
1: and, yeah, I mean, Sorrow, I mean, it's just, yeah, I'm so happy. Sorrow has is, is produced such a wonderful work. Right, now the fourth work yes. of the four.
0: Let's, let's move into, into another room. I cling to the icy wall as my feet search in vain for a foothold in the void. Okay, so we've got the a, a voiceover, and what we're looking at here is uh,
1: images from a, a Yorkshire, Foundry. We're looking at the uh, the process of melting and repurposing copper. The this is a work uh, called an Italian Italian film Africa Radio by a French artist the called people. Matthew clear Abony, which is a very very hard name to say. Um, and he uh, the, the title of the work has come from. Um, a 1966 documentary of the same title, Africa Audio. Um and it was a documentary about the end of the colonial rule in uh, different parts of Africa. The documentary may, it were, it was in the mondo style or shockumentary style, so it was very um, confronting, filming a lot of violence and violence towards sort of um, you know the communities that, who were affected from colonialism. So it was f- from a very Sort of a colonial perspective. So this is this is Matthew's work here is kind of a um, uh, in opposition to that. Um, he well, in opposition to the explicit violent imagery, there is a there is a violence done in this in this this work because what the objects that they're actually um, melting down and repurposing are um, these objects called Katanga crosses. And these Katanga crosses were used from the 1600s up until 1903 when the Belgian rule came into play in Congo um, as currency and they were sacred sort of objects. He wanted to enter into that sort of discussion or the violent discussion around uh, colonialism without necessarily being explicit with that. But engaged, uh, the location in Sheffield, you know, this was a, quite a bit large um, industrialised area and um, when uh, you know, uh, throughout the twentieth century, um, a lot of copper did come into uh, this area of uh, Europe and um, and England to be repurposed for the for funding of the industrial revolution. Oh, incredible! So.
0: so sacred relics from Africa made yeah. of copper are brought back to Sheffield and yeah, yeah that's and right. <laughs> repurposed. Yeah,
1: cut cut to pieces and uh, <laughs> re- repurposed. But there's an interesting kind of relationship in terms of the form and 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 how the objects are repurposed it's a very sort of almost sacred or uh, um, process seeming like these guys have been doing it for years and they are very sort of precise in what they do and you know this sort of um, and there is a relationship you know it was the copper was extracted in the Congo by people called the copper eaters wow. and, um, and it was a very sacred process you know they bring it out and melt the, melt the material down um,
0: so it's respecting, the, the, in a sense, there's this respect for what's going on here with these, the, the, the dignity of the process here in Yorkshire. Well, yeah, I know? guess
1: it shows the difference, or well, you know, something that's you know important in one culture is in maybe repurposed and sort of yeah. given another another importance in another culture. But I think there's, you know, there's always this question of why, well, you know, that, well, that sort of exchange is that, you know, um, yeah, yeah, is there anything? underlying there yeah.
0: finally just to finish off I guess I'm kind of interest it's really interesting to think how diverse these four elements are and how did you how did you come to bring them together I mean what's the process of actually assembling an exhibition like this that brings together such
1: diverse work mm. one of the first works I've, I've known James Richard's work for a while and it's kind of um, and when I was studying I looked at his work a lot and there was something in the work that yeah, his work that it um, was almost uh, sort of maybe a, a base point for me to start looking for other works. Um, so when I was looking, that was at, your starting point. In yeah, a way in a, in in it, yeah, in a, well. in a way, yeah. Um, so it, it, I mean, it was it's a work that I've been yeah it, it, wanting to work with for a long time. So that was I guess the starting point, but um, it was just a sort of a a process of looking and a process of trying to. F- trying to sort of find works that may explore the image but not necessarily explicitly be an image. Or, you know, like, um, so I would, I just looked at a lot of, well, yeah, I kind of tended to look towards moving image work because um, I'm not sure why, but I just, (laughs) yeah, was gravitated towards that. So I just looked sort of far and wide, and and it just came across, yeah, I just sort of came across the Matthew Clear uh Bonding's work and that kind of seemed to fit somehow um, with the work and I wasn't too sure how exactly, but um, I sat with it for a while and it just seemed to add to the conversation um, and mainly through a few other um, sort of backstories of the work as well. You know, like, I mean, when you're thinking about his work, there's sort of a you know, violence of sort of... Um, sort of forcing people to live in the image of others as well you know like so there is that kind of connection Um,
0: it feels like that work can become become part of the show because it's so strong so affecting that it stays with you so much that you eventually start to find your way
1: back into the theme of the exhibition That's that. yeah that's right that's right yeah and Sorrow it's work I've admired for a long time too so it it was um, I came to him relatively quickly too just um, uh, just seeing how he kind of deals with that mid material or that animated material or it, it was it's been really fascinating and mm. um and also that sort of using the, the material from the screen you know as in a physical reality you know that it seemed like it was a very uh not a good fit and with Dorota, um yeah it was again just looking looking around and, and seeing that work I, I, I've known her work for a while too and again really admired it and this but this um her work triumph for the old master at the window was um something that I thought was really quite close to what I was thinking about, so it was just saying to work with her in, in that regards. But other than that, it was just a lot of looking and um, trying to find the balance, you know, <laughs> between each of the works. Um, yeah, it was it was a really nice process. Yeah.
0: Well, Andrew Kennedy, congratulations. Oh, thanks. Uh, so this is the non-living agent at Tutuhi. Mm. Thanks for being with us here on Circuit Cast. Circuit Cast brought to you with the help of Creative New Zealand uh, on circuit.org.nz with music from Talautalot. Thanks for joining us.